Welcome, everybody, to an all-star game special Into the Valley of Phoenix Suns podcast. I am joined by Philip and Ryan, as always, and we are here to talk about some Phoenix Suns basketball, part of the Brightside Podcast Network. Gentlemen, this is a lovely, lovely little break. Uh, I'm not going to say that we're exactly resting and just enjoying like the players are with the all-star game, but it is a little, it's a little break in the action for us as podcasters, you know, the strenuous profession that that is. How are you guys enjoying your all-star break? The lead up to the all-star uh, weekend was kind of lame. I felt like the dunk contest with was a snooze fest, but I think we all feasted last night with that all-star game. One of the best in memory, I think. Uh, and it definitely ended on a high note from really halftime forward. I thought it was a really, really great experience. Philip, how was your all-star game experience? Uh, it was great. It's my birthday today. You, I was going to, I was going to get there. But go ahead. So you do nah, what you want. It's your birthday. Nah, guys. It's, my, nah, it's, it's my birthday. To, it's my birthday. I'm trying guys. to flex it. It's my birthday. So I am resting. Not only is it my birthday, it's a day off from work because of President's Day. Because the school systems, instead of honoring past presidents by going to school and learning about them, we're just like, nah, kids, stay home. And we're definitely not going to talk about the presidents tomorrow. And it was the All-Star Game last night. And, and, and. We had a big, fun baby shower yesterday for a baby to be born in the future. So how was my Ulster break? It was pretty great because then it was capped off with the most insane curry flurry that we might ever see. And it was just a joy to watch all the fun little storylines of the All-Star game. It was a blast. But yeah, I'm with Ryan. Uh, Saturday night, you just get that all the way up out of here. No, I I think this is the first time that I can remember where the All-Star game itself was actually more entertaining than everything that happened on Saturday. But I will say, at the end of the day, it was good to see a whole lot of Phoenix Suns uh, players and coaches participating throughout the weekend. It was great getting to see that. We'll touch on that in a second. Uh, And also want to go ahead and tease our listeners, just tease a little bit. We have a fun game scheduled to end this episode once we're done talking all-star game and all-star highs, weekend. Highs, lows, and just so you knows? No. Highs, lows, just so you knows are out of here just for today. Wow. We have, we Revolutionary. have. Yeah, I know. We're really messing things up here. Uh, we have an end-of-the-year award game, a little snake draft to see which of us can predict who's going to win the awards at the end of the year, which, guys, we're only seven weeks till the end of the season which is absolutely insane, but hopefully you stick around for that. Um, But might as well transition seven weeks, right in the middle of six weeks and eight weeks, which is the timetable for Chris Paul's medical return. Gentlemen, we couldn't go without talking about him. He is an all-star, so he fits the, the weekend vibes anyway. Chris Paul hurts himself, has a fracture of sorts out six to eight weeks, and just for clarification, it's reevaluated after six to eight weeks. How are we feeling going forward? Like I said, we've only got a little under two months of regular season left. Uh, but Ryan, I think we all saw the injury happen. We saw him get hurt. We're not going to discuss the stupidest ejection of all time. Maybe not of all time, but it was pretty dumb. It was up there. Um, it was up there. But Paul is out now for undisclosed amount right you hope that the timeline's correct how are you feeling moving forward without a potential top five mvp candidate and obviously an all-star kind of running the thing here's the thing 
bright side. We could lose out and we've clinched uh, a spot in the play-in tournament, you know? So at least uh, at least things are, are looking up from that perspective. Um, but no, um, you know, I think if anything, if I'm trying to put a positive spin on this, because I do feel disgusted that Chris, like I hate it for Chris that he's hurt again. Um, but I think this is going to give some of our guards a chance to really lock in and focus their game. Talking to you, my son campaign, you know, before the playoffs start. Uh, and I also think this could be a really interesting push for uh, a Devin Booker MVP talk. If he is able to keep this team um, up in that number one, number two spot, locked in, playing well night in, night out, um, it is going to be hard to build a better case for a player than Devin Booker by the end of these seven or eight weeks. Um, I will say, just to kind of give you some encouragement, uh, an NBA insider that I saw on Twitter from the Northeast uh, did say that perhaps this injury timetable could be moved up a little bit. Uh, I don't want to name drop exactly who it was, but they are from uh, the greater Northeast region uh, from one of our newer states. Um, well, that's so, a real, that's a real flex you got there with your sources. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying sources out there say it could be a quicker timetable for return, but I'm not putting any money on it. it Philip, before I kind of move it to you, I do want to say, it newer news uh gumbo i mean gambo broke it uh, a couple days ago that the suns do plan on having shamit and campaign back for their first game after the all-star break so hopefully campaign will be back in the mix shamit has time to figure himself out uh figure out what's going to happen there in terms of playoff pictures and rotations but what are your thoughts philip just in terms of i guess what's to come there's an idea in old Hebrew literature that says men always go the way of the earth, which is to say father time is undefeated. And before this injury was even on our radar, I was thinking about the Chris Paul less sons and what it would look like. And I was thinking, okay, in a world where you have a very similar roster construction and just take away Chris Paul, what would I want to see? And my my thought process right away was point Booker. I want to see Devin Booker running the show over the next several weeks. Now, I don't want his minutes to go up significantly, but I want him to be running the show. So starting lineup, my preference right now is put Cam Johnson in at two, slide Devin Booker over to the one and let Booker play facilitator mainly for this reason. That is the, that is the main area of Booker's game that I don't particularly always love. I don't always love how he facilitates. And I think he has a great opportunity to consistently and routinely facilitate while simultaneously being the dynamic scoring threat that he is. And I think long-term, that might be the version of the Suns that we get down the road in three, four years. Yeah, and I would say along with facilitating the actual action item, it's just decision-making, right? If you're looking more on the mental side of it. Uh, We joked with the games leading up to the All-Star break, there were a couple moments, especially once Chris Paul was out, where Booker just did not make the right decision, whether it was an open Cam Johnson coming off of a pick-and-roll, which... Philip gets very upset discussing um, or just overall how to make the read and make the play, right? His confidence this year, offensively, I will say, and defensively too, to his credit, 
is sky high. The guy believes he is that dude, which I am fine with. I think that is a necessary evil at times with players that are making the jump to superstar level or star level, whatever you want to call it. But that doesn't need to lead to Booker ball, which we have seen many times over the last few years. So I do think that's a great point. I think Ryan's point about a little sneaky MVP watch is interesting, probably not winning the thing, but cracking the top five. Uh, We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but no, I think this sounds crazy. Maybe at least he's getting hurt now instead of the playoffs. I don't know if karma and luck works like that, but give him, and I actually had a friend of mine uh, in Brooklyn, we were texting NBA, talking NBA, and he goes, well, he's got two months to rest his legs. And you know, that sounds silly, but for a dude at that age, like you were saying, Philip, like it is two months of rest on the legs and everything else. And if I'm not mistaken, it is his offhand, correct? Wasn't it? It's his left hand. It's his left. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was his left. Booker Booker was questioned about Chris's injury as well. And his point was the way I'm looking at it. This is, this is two less months of wear and tear on Chris's legs. And it's going to allow him to have fresh legs coming in. So Booker's of that same mentality and it's kind of looking at it the same way. So you, you and dev man, y'all are locked in. We're like that, but no, I think it's just one of those things. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Right. Uh, I don't want to be, my, I don't like to talk about this too much because Suns fans need to get their head out of their butts in some areas when talking about the media coverage. There is a, a tiny bit of humorous irony that after Suns fans rant and rave about, I want the media to talk about the Suns more. The entire news circuit today on NBA, everything is, can Booker lead the Suns without Chris Paul? What happens to the Suns without Chris Paul? So there we go, Suns fans. You're getting talked about in the media. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, but no, seriously, I think... I think this is a storyline for a week. I think the Suns are fine. I think they will absolutely manage. We've discussed many, many times how incredibly deep they are. I think it makes the holiday pickup for cash look that much smarter as we now have time to figure out that that point guard rotation with Peyton and Payne and Holiday. And really, like you said, Ryan, give these guys an opportunity to show who needs those minutes come playoff time because you know this is this is a great test run for any of them when it comes to, to leading the crew. But I, I agree with Philip. I think if playoffs come around again and we are in a, a situation where Paul's not there or not hundred percent, I think point book is the best option for success. And I also think it allows the best players to be on the court because any opportunity to put Cam Johnson in a situation to get more minutes, I will always, 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 always say yes. But that is what it is. We can only discuss a guy being hurt for so long. Guys, anything else about the All-Star Game? Philip? I kind of wanted to give you an opportunity, a birthday present of sorts, just to talk about what Steph Curry did last night. Don't want to talk about it too long, but I know that it probably was some sort of spiritual moment for you, some sort of basketball awakening. How was it as a man who loves his Warriors basketball, watching Steph Curry drop, I think 50 was the final tally? There is, there's a joy in a Steph Curry three-pointer that's different from, I think, everybody else's shot in the NBA, especially the bombs that he, that he takes. So it was a blast. We had family members in for the shower, and we're just sitting in the living room giggling when he's pulling up from a step and a half inside half court, shaking Trey Young, and then turning around while the ball's in midair. It was just fun, and 
not to get too sports talk show E, but it was significantly more impressive to me than Anthony Davis record, which was 52 when he was in New Orleans. But AD had like, I don't remember the exact number. It was something like 15 dunks and layups that game. And Steph was just pulling 30 and 35 footers. So it was an absolute blast. And to pivot away from Steph, a really cool ending to let LeBron get that game winning fade. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. No, I thought it was a fun weekend. Ryan already talked about the uh, joke of a dunk contest. Uh, Happy for our Kentucky Wildcat, Carl Anthony Towns, proving that big man can shoot. But as we discussed, we have Steph Curry, the all-star game MVP. But regular season MVP, on the other hand, very up for grabs, a topic that many people are discussing. And with that, we were kind of discussing internally as we were looking at who might win some of these awards. Uh, some Suns players included, we were discussing that it's interesting to see with about seven weeks left, who is going to win those end of the year awards. Last season, Phoenix Suns got robbed. And some of you are probably like, yeah, McHale's the defensive player of the year. No, that is not the case last year, as much as we all wanted it to happen. Monty Williams was robbed of coach of the year. James Jones won executive of the year. Good for him. I'm still going to fight anyone about Monty any day of the week. But we decided to have a game we are going to do, which maybe if you're into fantasy football, fantasy basketball, whatever, a snake draft of sorts. So we go one through three and then work our way back up and we will be picking our own personalized rosters to see who is going to win the end of the year awards. So for Vegas odds and everything else out there, the big ones are for those that are listening, the MVP, the coach of the year, the rookie of the year, sixth man of the year, defensive player of the year, and the most improved player. So we have six categories here. And the way we're doing this, we're not going to just all take turns picking MVP because that's not fun. No one wants to get stuck in the middle every time with the sixth, second best option. So we're just saying the board is yours. Pick wherever your heart takes you. If you are moved by the holy basketball spirit to pick Josh Giddy as your rookie of the year, you, you do it, man. Go for it. And you know what? We will be tracking these picks, and when the year comes to an end, as we're hopefully celebrating a certain team hoisting a certain trophy, and we discuss end-of-the-year awards, we are going to, pardon you, (laughs) look back at at this exact episode and see who won the draft. Now, gentlemen, I did not discuss this ahead of time, but I think it's only fair for there to be a wager of some sort. So my thought was, whoever ends up with the most correct picks dinner on them nothing crazy i'm not saying we have to go they, out. no they win me. the game and Sorry. then buy dinner for free, everybody free. else <laughs> <laughs> what a bad game hey, excuse me i'm trying to rewind <laughs> free dinner for them paid for okay, by the two okay. losers does that sound better now here's my only other option we can either go free dinner for the winner split by the other two or last place pays for first place no yes you just want free dinner for the winner Free dinner winner. Free dinner winner. Got it. Now, I feel like this isn't exactly fair, knowing that there's a wager on the line, but someone just got lucky enough to be birthed on this exact day. And for that reason, the draft order will go. Well, technically, he wasn't birthed on this exact day. It was this this day years ago. What? He wasn't born this morning? Just for just for clarification. I must, not understand, how, I must not understand how birthdays work. Well... I'll handle this later because I'm quite confused. But Philip, it is your birth date. 
And there for that go. reason, there we go. you will get the number one pick. And then Ryan, the number two pick. And then I will come in the rear with pick number three. And then the subsequent pick number four. Now, gentlemen, I will do my best to keep us on the same page to prevent duplicate picks. I will also not allow ridiculous picks such as Tim Duncan for MVP or certain people in a fantasy draft when I was 10 years old picking Antoine Randall Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver as their first pick in the first round. It's just not fair for the rest. You should do your homework. So with that, Philip, the number one pick in the end of the year snake draft. Nicole Jokic is the MVP again. Whoa. Here's why. Coming off a hot. Jokic has their three, their three MVP candidates right now, right? How convenient for the three, three of us. Yes. Three serious <laughs> ones. It's Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis currently. Now, storylines can change, but I think this will project out to the end of the year. Between those three, Jokic has more rebounds, more assists on better shooting from the field, better shooting from three, more games played, a better offensive net rating, a better overall net rating, higher true shooting percentage on a smaller usage percentage than Embiid or Giannis. He's just better. He's playing better basketball than both of them. And then you add on top of that the story that the Nuggets have been smacked by injuries all year long. They are roughly the third hardest hit team, according to Man Games Lost NBA, behind the Heat and the Clippers, depending on how you look at it. Yet, despite those injuries, they are exactly, exactly on track to win their projected wins from the very beginning of the year. How is that possible? Nicole Jokic, the MVP. And then, and then, and then, and this is my longest case. He has some incredible moments. Do you remember the basically 50-point triple-double against the Clippers where he had that amazing cross-court pass right to Aaron Gordon? I mean, just on a dime. Yes, Twitter Twitter lost their mind. I was there. Because it was insane. And then, just a couple days ago, a great pass against the Warriors to set up one of his teammates for a game-winning shot. He has the moments. He has the case. He has the numbers. Nikola Jokic, MVP. Number two, overall pick of the end of the year snake draft. Ryan? I'm dropping down to most improved player. Whoa. And I'm going with the fellow from Murray State University, Mr. Ja Morant. I think the leap that he has taken this season to be a guy not only respected by the league to the level that he is, but to the level of success they are having as a team, that is rooted in Jaws play. He is making everybody around him better. Uh, And I think he has a very strong case for most improved player. So he is, I am most confident in, uh, you know, MVP, I I probably would have gotten Joker too. So I think it's a good number one overall pick. Um, as much as I love Embiid, uh, but I think I think John Morant is a lock for for most improved player this season, and I will be so thoroughly glad when he gets it. Now I'm going to be honest with you. Neither of you picked my number one pick at either category, which makes me very happy. Now, Jaw, I will say Vegas odds and general consensus seems like a lock. It's hard for me to justify a dude that was already basically like a junior superstar into being most improved. Vegas seems to be disagreeing with me. So I think Ryan will probably be fine there. Uh, But I get the number three pick and then the number four pick. I'm going to go ahead and start with my, what I think is a lock, which is a six man of the year. 
that might be a, a weird one for some, but just looking at the options out there, I think Tyler Hero is a lock for sixth man of the year. The only other one that I thought about was Kevin Love, who statistically doesn't jump out as an award winner, but does have a great case given the success of the team and the role he's playing. But I wanted to go ahead, given that dinner's on the line, and make what I think is a wise choice. And then I'm going to follow it up with the pick I am the most certain of, Coach of the Year, Monty Williams. I don't care what anyone says. It's a revenge tour. This man, I legitimately, I don't care that much about awards, but I love that man so much. And if he doesn't win it, I'm going to be devastated. I don't care what other people say. I think there are two other great options for you guys to pick after me. But Monty Williams, Coach of the Year, so help me if that does not happen. I will be very, very sad. Okay, there's my rant. It's not based on numbers like Phillips. It's just based on love, mainly. Uh, Ryan, coming back to you. I appreciate you picking Monty for Coach of the Year because my heart wanted to pick him, but my brain couldn't because I think Bickerstaff has done such a great job getting Cleveland where they're at. Is that your, is that so, your official vote? So lock me Ryan. in Coach of the Year, J.B. Bickerstaff of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they have been a dumpster fire since LeBron abandoned them. This works out uh, so well for Philip too. And it does help the birthday boy with his, his pick. Uh, but that is not why I did it, because I'm selfish. I'm going oh, for sure. the dinner. And I do think Bickerstaff, for the same reason that Monty lost last year, I think it's going to be a similar argument to have why Bickerstaff gets it this year. And it's the same argument you have against Jaw as most improved. What has Monty done this year that get, didn't get him coach of the year last year? Have you ever heard and of a makeup call? This coach of the year is going to be a makeup call. They're going to realize they messed up. So I think I think Bickerstaff is the lock for coach. If I lose this because of Monty, I will have earned that loss, and I'll be okay with it. And when I I give you that that money, I'll say, you know what, Monty, Monty deserves this. Philip, you got two picks. Where are you looking? I I want to reinforce something that what Ryan just said with Bickerstaff. The reason I think he's the front runner. He, he not only has taken that franchise to a 180, they're, they're on pace for like 23 more wins than they were supposed to get. Currently, they're projected to go 48 and 34, automatic entry into the playoffs. They're succeed in the East. They were projected to go 25 and 57 at the beginning of the year. Wow, that is, that's real cool. That is unbelievable. That's so good. And he got a dude like Kevin Love to do a complete 180 and even kind of apologize for his behavior on a, on a podcast. I think it was with, with JJ. It was. Uh, here's yeah. the deal. Coach of the year. I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it. I want to say Billy Donovan, but we're going to go take, we're not, we're going Taylor Jenkins. Whoa. Interesting. Imagine, imagine a scenario. That's a good. With, yeah. with an injured Suns team an injured warriors team. Imagine the Grizzlies getting top two and then award season comes around and you have all of these really good selections for coach of the year. Monty, great pick. JB Bickerstaff, great pick. Taylor Jenkins has that 12, 13 game stretch without John Morant where they were on fire. That, that moment turned their season around. I think they were playing around 500 basketball until then. And then they have been catapulting up the rankings 
since then. So Taylor Jenkins is my coach of the year. And then my rookie of the year is Evan Mobley. Bummer. Evan Mobley for rookie of the year. He's really good at defense. And that's really hard to do <laughs> as a, as a young person. Here's Astute. the deal. Their, uh, their defensive rating is 105.8, which is good. That's a really good, that's good for, I think, third or fourth or fifth in the league. His defensive net rating is 103.6. So he is anchoring a really good defensive team and they are better with him on the court. So again, Taylor Jenkins, coach of the year, Evan Mobley, rookie of the year. I like the Jenkins argument. I'm hoping it'll work for Monty when the Suns have an absolutely excellent next seven weeks without Chris Paul, but uh, we'll see. Ryan, right now you've got a coach and you've got a most improved. Where are you going next? And I'm about to tell you about the defensive player of the year. And I appreciate nobody having gone with this yet. Oh, baby. And I'm, I'm going purely off trying to get that dinner. I'm a big boy and I like to eat. So I'm trying to find some food. So I, as much as my heart is pointing me in one direction, I'm already typing down your answer. I've checked out the Vegas odds from several different places and I'm going with Draymond Green for defensive player of the year. Oh, Oh. even with the injury, even with the injury, he is, as of right now, he is still leading in a lot of different, a lot of different uh, cases. So I'm, I'm just putting it out there. We'll see what happens. I'm taking a risk. I'm taking a risk. But I looked at several different places where they had odds, and Draymond was number one on almost all of them. Now, that could change. I don't know. But we're, we're going to see what happens. Interesting. I mean, I will I wrong. I, I typed what you typed, but I'm not going to say it until you pick it. I'm assuming with one of your next two picks. Absolutely with one of my next two picks. But to, Ryan, yeah. to Ryan's credit, I will say, even with odds that were reported as of this week, Draymond still is the number one. He seems to be the front runner for some reason. And, and I'm, I'm just going based off of the numbers and on the stats. And I think it was his when he was healthy. I don't know. And that, and that could be. But right? I'm, I don't I'm know just, what he will look like when he comes back. But go ahead, Philip. His case is anchoring the best defense in the league. Best net rating in, in the entire NBA right now. Interestingly, closely followed by the Boston Celtics. Currently, and that's mm-hmm. the case. Best player, best team. So, yeah. I, again, I'm I'm putting my heart aside for the fact that I'm just going based off of the numbers and hoping that that leads me to a free dinner. Dude, I've kind of fallen in love with Draymond. Let's be real. I used to despise the guy, but if he keeps talking to JJ Redick for an hour and forty five minutes about basketball, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep giving him love. Uh, I'm gonna go pretty quick with my next two picks. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say defensive player of the year, Rudy the Rudert Gobert. Yeah. Um, I think if, if Draymond, I'm sorry, what's his nickname? Rudy the Rooter. <laughs> you don't combine Rudy and Gobert and make Rooter. That's that a new just, one. Might just be me. Um, I think I think he's got the best chance, just given health and everything and general effectiveness. He even has fun stats as well. Uh, and then most improved, I'm going to go Darius Garland. I think he actually has made the biggest jump. No offense to John Morant, given where he was to where he's at now. So I'm going to go Darius Garland. Uh, and Ryan, back to you for your fourth. I'm going in beat MVP. I don't love the pick. He seems to be the favorite by a lot of places. I don't know how Harden's arrival will impact that. Um, but the Sixers are in a good place, and he is playing incredibly good basketball right now. So give give me that Embiid for the for the MVP. Philip, two coming your way. Boy, we're really getting out into the weeds of the NBA. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, you, I was going to say, it's got to be. 
Giannis. I, I think Thibel is worthy of consideration there, and I've really enjoyed watching him play defense. But we'll go with Giannis at Defensive Player of the Year. And then sixth man of the year, man. Actually, I'm going to do this. Someone on the Hornets? <laughs> They've got a no. lot of them. No, no, no. We're going to go Kevin Love, and you're going to pick up on a pattern of my couple of my picks. The, the, the fact that they um... – Just wait, just wait, just wait. Oh, okay. Is, like, do they have to be over 6'11"? Is that the vibe I'm going for here? I don't know. Oh, I didn't even notice that. You got some big boys. Taylor Jenkins is. I was going to say, you got Jokic, Mobley, Love, and Giannis. Yeah. You have a monster <laughs> team right now. Uh, Ryan, either rookie of the year or sixth man of the year coming to you. Give me the long lost Valley boy, Kelly Oubre is sixth man of the year. Averaging 16 points a game, four rebounds a game and constantly bringing swagger. Kelly that, Oubre, you the, deserve, you deserve the award, my boy. The swagger he has, I'll give him that, uh, self-awareness, another story for another day. Uh, <laughs> my final two picks. MVP, I got to go with Giannis. It's just sitting there. It'd be silly not to. Uh, rookie of the year, I want you to know, I wanted you guys to pick Cunningham and Mobley so that I could pick Josh Giddy because I love Josh Giddy, but I must go for the free meal. I'm going to go Cade Cunningham. Uh, I don't know. I hope, I mean, he's leading in scoring. I, rookie of the year is so tough, man. Like, is it, are you contributing to a good team? Or are you just putting up a crap ton of numbers? I think Mobley is contributing to a good team while putting up really good numbers. And Cunningham could just go off for the next two months and, and maybe win it for me. But that is that is my roster right now. Ryan, your rookie of the year is? You've already used him as a joke, and I thought you were about to pick him right now. But averaging almost 12, 8, and 6, give me Josh Giddy as the I love long him. shot rookie of the year pick i love i intentionally saved him for less because i have zero confidence in this pick but josh giddy is fun to watch and i think he'd be a great rookie of the year there's no chance there's no chance he wins because if he gets too good they just make up injuries and make their young players they won't they won't let him play yeah he's gonna play like five games after the all-star break because he's too good (laughs) okay uh most improved philip it's time for self-awareness I texted Ethan and Ryan and I was like, guys, I'm not tapped in enough to have any reasonable things to say about several of these awards. I I dug in and tried to get some good stuff for the various awards. I did not have any desire to dig into the most improved player. I think it's a silly award. So I'm going to go with a bit of a meme. My most improved player is the same as my six man of the year. Kevin Love, Kevin because Love. Kevin Kevin Love, I need you to look at me right now. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm proud that you I mean, aren't most throwing. Most improved attitude award? Is that what this is? This is. This is. <laughs> I'm proud that you are no longer throwing balls 15 rows up into the stands. I'm proud that you're getting back on defense. I'm proud that you're actually playing the game. Good on you, Kevin Love. Sportsmanship Award, the Hustle Award that the really bad kid on the team always got. That's you, Kevin Love. That's most, you. It's most improved. Just <laughs> you played because you're getting paid. So thank you for doing your job award. It appears that way. I thought you were going to go with Anthony Simons, who legit is looking like a stud. But I appreciate your grind and your logic. Yeah. I if love you. That. 
if you go through my search history just before this podcast started, it's just Kevin before we started recording. <laughs> no, it says odds for Anthony Simon's most improved player. So I did have that idea and I know he's been balling out, but I was like, no, Kevin Love, because I'm proud. Well, boy, oh boy, was that an episode or what? <laughs> uh, I will be sharing these results with the folks on uh, Twitter so that you guys can also hold us accountable. I'll try to make a cute little graphic for you guys because, you know, all two of you that are going to share it. But uh, guys, I hope you all enjoyed your all-star weekend. Philip. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your birthday. Guys, I genuinely enjoy this time. I want to say thank you to those that are listening. Uh, We have been repeatedly blown away by the love and support just in terms of the numbers that that are taking the time to listen. For those that made it to the very end, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter uh, at the Valley PHX. As much fun as it is seeing a, a, a number, this magical number of people that listen, it is way more enjoyable to actually hear from you guys and put in a picture, even if it's a Mikhail Bridges meme, to a name and seeing who's taking the time to spend some minutes with us each week. Or uh, a brown paper bag. Or a brown paper bag, if that might be your style. Uh, but gentlemen want to say thanks again for giving me some time thanks to the bright side podcast network for uh helping us out giving us this opportunity and for ryan and philip i'm ethan shut this is into the valley phoenix on the podcast we out